Welcome, Welcome to, to Heroes, Heroes 3. 3. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three of them. And this week, we're taking a little diversion from our, our normal fair for the month of October to look at something that's, I, it's not spooky, but it definitely feels in, in line with Halloween, well, with the costumes and everything. It's Super Inframan from 1975 from the Shaw Brothers studio and directed by Hua Shan. And we got a couple of uh, a couple of fun re- recurring characters, so mm-hmm. we'll be and interested some, to look into all that. Yeah, and yeah, some we're, awesome we're definitely Yeah, we're definitely wearing costumes, so I think it counts. <laughs> and, um, yeah. yeah, this I is like the fun to... side of Halloween, like when you're in elementary school or something. Totally. Yeah, this is you dressing up as Power Rangers and going around the neighborhood, not, you know, watching spooky movies with your friends in the basement or whatever. <laughs> Did I ever yeah. tell you guys my my embarrassing Power Rangers story when I was oh, in grade boy. school? Oh, I no, can't this remember. This is the perfect I, time. No one mentioned so. I was wondering if I mentioned it on the last <laughs> Tokusatsu episode we covered. But anyways, so no, I, I was like so. in it must have been sixth grade or seventh grade. And it was like right before school uh started up again so like the end of summer great summer break there was like a orientation and they were like advertising that power rangers was going to come out and i was like super mm-hmm. excited about it i had no idea what it was and i was just like really excited so there was a girl uh in my class and, mm-hmm. and just yeah. me just being me i'm like did you see this like new show is gonna <laughs> come out it's gonna be so awesome they look like really cool like you heroes and stuff and she's like that looks so dumb. Oh, <laughs> and it's like no. this oh. <laughs> dread. He's like, like oh, my first, no. like, like this <laughs> step into adulthood. Hey, Carlos, mm. not everybody likes this stupid stuff that you like. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it was Carlos. great. Actually, no, it wasn't like it didn't destroy me, but it was just okay. like this life lesson in my brain. Like, all right, don't mention this stuff to girls for a while. Or also, like, <laughs> fi- find the right one. You know? Yeah, exactly. Girls don't like Power Rangers. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell that same quote to Joanna right now, and she would react the same way. <laughs> <laughs> Man, okay, yeah. So uh, what I would like to say about Inframan is um, this is a really cool feature film. And uh, I remember seeing it years ago. I didn't appreciate it as much as I appreciate it now. And uh, it's set right smack dab in like kind of the inception of what we have known as tokusatsu now. So this film came out in 1975. And this is kind of uh, Hong Kong or Shaw Brothers answer to Ultraman and Kamen Rider. So Kamen Rider came out in. Yeah, because this is pre Super Sentai, right? Like the first Go Rangers in like 77 or something like that. Mm, that I can't guarantee okay. but but what i what i do know is that um 
Ultraman came out in like the mid 60s, 66, something like that. Uh, yeah, 66. And Kamen Rider came out in like 71. So um, you can definitely see this film being as like, you know, them saying, hey, we want to do this thing too. And the the other thing I like is that the sorry, real quick, the original uh, Sentai Go Ranger is from 1975. Okay, and yeah. Jaka that we did earlier this year was from 77, so right. or last so, year. Gotcha. And awesome. Kamen Rider, created by Shotaro Ishinomori, uh, also went on to create the Sentai series with Gorenja. So, um, yeah, all of this stuff really influenced uh, Shaw Brothers, and they wanted to do their take. And when and, it also and, sounds like um, that was all becoming really popular as like imports in Hong Kong at this time. Yeah, man, the the masked like superhero, yeah, you can see it in like vinyl toys and comic books, uh, all of this stuff, and it's really cool that these kind of heroes uh, became really popular at the time. Kind of how we have our Spider Man and our Superman. I don't think that those properties were really successfully transferred onto film until much more recently right like yeah. sure, the first sure. superman yeah. film or in asia i think they were much more successful in translating these heroes to the screen whether it be on a uh, movie screen or a tv screen and man so jealous <laughs> uh, i would love to be a little kid growing up with uh, all of these shows around me all mm-hmm. the time oh man totally just having but, uh, like when an it, ultraman w- lunchbox or something yeah yeah totally <laughs> When it comes to Shaw Brothers, uh, you know, we covered Oily Maniac, and this is a year before Oily Maniac, and it it trades a lot of the cast members, too. Um, mm-hmm. This uh, kind of is like Shaw Brothers trying out these different genres. And um, we've also got the King Kong, uh, Mighty Picking Man, I think is like 1977, shortly after that. And actually, uh, Danny Lee also is in that film so um is he in a suit in that one too um no he's not (laughs) but but either way it's like really cool to me seeing uh shaw brothers take a stab at these different types of genres and i think when it comes to inframan man they they got it so right not only do we get the kind of shaw brothers fight choreography and we get Mm. some right um, right in in different ways, we get some of the Yung clan, like uh, Yung Wu Ping. Yeah, Yung Wu Ping did this. Yeah, whenever I read that, I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, they're yeah, you sort around. of see all the brothers together, and apparently, uh, Yun Chung Yan did um, was like assistant uh, action director on the movie. Too. Oh yeah, see, so that's that's one of the other really cool things to me is that uh, you've got that Shaw Brothers spirit, and then you've got them doing a really, really, really strong answer to uh, these tokusatsu shows of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I think all the monsters look really awesome in this film, mm-hmm. and I think all the suits look really cool. And actually, um, uh, they actually worked with some Japanese studios to make the outfits and oh, handle cool. some of the effects in the film. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah, it definitely shows. And I think, man, this, this movie, I think it, you know, if it was a TV series, you kind of get all the beats from the TV series that would have been in this film. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Now that was that was one of the things I wrote in my notes is that this whole movie it feels you know how some OVAs for anime are kind of like the show but like super condensed down yeah, totally to sure. be like you know an hour instead of you know 26 episodes. 
this feels like that for a tokusatsu series like it feels like a full 26 52 episode series condensed down to an hour and a half movie complete with like different outfits different monsters and everything and it's i mean i kind of like that because i really like tokusatsu stuff but dang it if i don't have (laughs) time to watch through 52 episodes of like 30 different series right 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 yeah catch up on decades yeah Sure, lots of tokusatsu shows really run the kind of weekly formula, mm-hmm. and you know you get the the trope monster of the week from something mm-hmm. uh, like a lot of the things that we've come to know in tokusatsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also uh, cool to see really like the strengths of Hong Kong cinema uh, really working so well in this movie. I would, I mean, I don't have really too much of a frame of reference for you know the Ultraman stuff but I have to imagine that some of the fights here uh probably give you know some of the action there a run a run for its money it's yeah some really great sequences here mm-hmm. well, let's take a look at the movie itself but first let's take a look at the back of the VHS prepare yourself to witness the man beyond bionics a superhero charged with an unparalleled force the super inframan Facing the worst situation in human history, the Inframan and his nuclear engine stand up to the forces of Princess Dragon Mom and her glacier monsters. With his sunshield beam and his lethal kick, these indescribable horrors will be burnt to cinders. Nothing can survive the strength of this mechanical marvel. Witness the devastation as the science headquarters is ravaged by the plant monster. Behold the majestic mayhem on Mount Demon. This Shaw Brothers vision of a sci-fi superhero. This is the Super Inframan. This movie is a ton of fun. If you like, like I said before, if you like, you know, Tokusatsu stuff at all, if you grew up liking Power Rangers like I did, then watching this movie is like an amazing way to kind of mesh up your the 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 kung fu movie love for the Shaw Brothers with that Tokusatsu stuff. And it's only like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Um, But it starts with, of course, the uh, well. Actually, before I even get to the movie itself, it starts with this absolutely kick-ass theme song. song. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's so fun. Yeah, the trumpet sounds so so good on this. And they make good use of this theme, if not in its full form, at least, you know, whittle blasts and sort of jingles from it whenever our main character, you know, assumes the guise of Inframan. But yeah, this, the opening theme and the credit sequence that goes with it is, yeah, just terrific. Definitely sets you in the mood for what's coming up here. Now, did Frankie Chan write that theme, or did he do some of the other music? Because I know sometimes they'd use library music and shop yeah. rollers. To me, so, this feels like this is almost a Japanese import or something. Well, it I, does feel like that, yeah. I was doing some digging, and I wasn't able to really find it, but I know that some of the music in the film is borrowed from a couple of tokusatsu shows from back around this time. And, I mean, we've... we've come across Frankie Chan in films before mm-hmm. where we've had to like kind of dig and investigate and find what <laughs> he needle dropped from, you know? So Yeah, um, he was sort of like an early DJ. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. more of a sort DJ of than a composer. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
So um, I don't. I'm not exactly sure if this is an original piece or not, but yeah, it's very effective and really calls to. I I, I love it. Just feels so 70s, and you've got these kind of visual effects in the opening that are kind of like these psychedelic colors <laughs> that form yeah. into shapes and characters. I really mm-hmm. like that. So the very first thing we see after that is uh, a bunch of kids in a little van driving along the the countryside of Hong Kong. And they're singing like a little like it kind of sounded like um, uh, kind of like Fur Jaca, right? Or am I thinking of a different? It's like London Bridge is falling. It's like London down. Bridge is falling out. That's the one, but it's in in the dub. It's in it's this keeps the Cantonese version. Yeah, and actually but, the the subtitles for the the uh, the version that I've I've got the Blu-ray and it's got oh, pretty cool. good subtitles. Oh, cool. They oh, subtitled the lyrics and the kids are basically saying like a little bird is falling down, falling down. Uh, okay. falling oh, down. that's cool. <laughs> and then like a gigantic bird falls down. <laughs> in front of it, I mean, it's like a dragon-looking it's, thing. It is. It's very yeah. strange because it seems like this almost abstraction because it it falls to the ground and creates all this havoc but then it kind of vanishes yeah, it disappears yeah yeah and it's not like a guy in a suit it looks like just a figure on a, yeah. like a diorama yeah and it's a pretty thrilling like opening stunt i mean it's really convincing when the high it looks like the road basically splits apart like i was gonna an earthquake say, or something that looks amazing like that almost doesn't yeah. look like i feel like that has to be a miniature but it doesn't look like a miniature yeah, like, it's very well if, done. If it is a miniature, that's insanely well done because it really does just look like a landslide caused by this weird dragon thingy. <laughs> yeah, that, that I guess breaks havoc across all the world. We see like yeah. a bunch of people. It's funny. It looks like a bunch of our other Shaw Brothers sets on fire <laughs> with people. Like, <laughs> and then there are Windows there stuff. are some great miniature shots worth um, mm-hmm. where the camera's like moving through the city skyline that's almost entirely on fire. It's yeah. This movie really opens with like a huge, huge bang. Super, super effective. Yeah, and the, the thing that I really think is crazy about it is like this isn't just like it. It seems like this fire's out of control. Like even if it was like them filming on a set, it's like an inferno engulfing everything. Yeah, and then there's like that a, one shot where there's like a man on fire, a stunt man on fire who like jumps down from this great yeah. height. But it's yeah, just it's, a really blink and you miss it moment. Yeah, it's really crazy. The The version that I saw like so many years ago had like a different intro and actually oh. got like a bootleg DVD with it. So there's like grif- different graphics for the intro of the film and they kind hmm. of cut this a little differently. But the rest oh, of the film, if I remember right, was pretty much the same. And, and one of the things that I can say is like the the American logo for that intro is, is really awesome. I got to dig that DVD out so maybe I can rip it so we can show what that looks like because i looked it up online and i couldn't find it anywhere and it's also worth mentioning we've said a couple of times in the past on this podcast that these movies it's weird watching them in like these super beautiful high def restorations because this movie feels like you should be watching it on like a third generation vhs tape that your brother got you you know or like like a really grungy like been shown too many times 16 millimeter print yeah like a cheap theater or something 
yeah, no, this this movie doesn't like it's it's great to why I love that all these Shaw Brothers movies are in glorious HD. Uh, and this movie is streamed on Amazon Prime, like a lot of Shaw Brothers movies, right? But it is it's it's just funny seeing it in such high de- high fidelity. But yeah, it's awesome seeing just ha- these saturated colors that mm-hmm. are almost more of like an old fashioned Technicolor sort of look. Or yeah, remi- reminds me kind of of the Adam West Batman TV show. <laughs> like oh, once, yeah. once you're in kind of the village space um yeah yeah it feels it almost feels more 60s than 70s yeah yeah like it it kind of reminded me of star trek a little bit like oh sure like the set whenever we this next scene we see the scientist guy go into like this this, control room don't they call it the science station or something like that (laughs) or like the science headquarters science headquarters yeah yeah there's there's a lot of on the nose names in this dub it's kind of amazing Actually, that command center reminded me a lot of the way that the central command is laid out in the HBO Chernobyl miniseries. <laughs> like, <what? laughs> nice. You're kind of right. It's like if it's you not, put, it's not put them Soviet, side by but... side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a little bit more. They're a little bit more co- competent here going than in, in Chernobyl. So. Oh, yeah. man. But it's, it's awesome. I mean, at first I was assuming that uh, all of the science center stuff had to have been constructed for the movie but later on when we're building inframan you see that some of these meters are for like cyan magenta yellow and there's other i feel like there's other indicators that they're maybe using like a broadcast network station or some kind of tv station Hmm. Um, oh nice and maybe repurposing parts of it i'm i'm sure that's what the satellite dish is related to it's got to be some kind of tv thing um but Mm -hmm. really cool use of use of space and um we definitely have plenty of original you know beautifully wild sets and costumes and stuff coming up but um yeah this such such a distinct look to this movie right did the professor remind you guys of vasi at all dude thank you oh my gosh (laughs) yes dude this is Vasi oh, from uh, Inderon. Uh, so this is another character. Yeah. thing that people are just gonna have to get used to us bringing up over and over and over. But I was really getting some Inderon vibes from mm-hmm. this film. <laughs> yeah, major. Vasi. I mean, Inderon is like a couple of costumes away from being a Tokusatsu movie. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Uh. <laughs> um. But yeah. So we we said it's the science headquarters. Mm-hmm. So these guys are like these kind of field agents uh, tied to this organization. And actually, they have these silver and blue outfits. And, mm-hmm. and in Ultraman, uh, the original, I think they're called the Science Patrol, and they kind of have a silvery kind of red theme going on. So you, Oh, gotcha. You so so totally... we're riding like pretty close to Ultraman yeah. lore. This, this definitely has um, kind of like the best of both worlds when it comes to mm-hmm. Kamen Rider and Ultraman. I think those are the major influences that Inframan pulls from. Gotcha. And I love old sci-fi stuff where it's like super high tech, but there's no screens. Like everything's still printers and <laughs> right. real, real tapes and everything. And there's some cool like gobbledygook English that like, I was going to say that. Did you read through what it actually said? Uh, I, I, I meant to freeze it. frame I, it. But... I freeze framed it and typed up a little bit of it, but it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and there's some spelling errors, but I, that's probably just typing spelling errors, not. No, man. Like, I think that's the reading from the aliens. It's like, <laughs> it, just, it just happens to look like. Here's, that. A, here's a little excerpt. 
At least one resulting indicator must be assigned. If an indicator is assigned to equal and to high or to equal and to low, the program searches for an argument table entry that said it's just that. It's oh, just wow, that, that actually doesn't seem too gobble. So that might be from some kind of manual. As say, it, it looks like someone just took like a programming manual from the 70s and just put it in the printer. Like it's it doesn't make any sense out of context, but right, it's... Right. Just a bunch of words. But that's so cool that, you know, we're living in this era where this film has been restored so well that you can, that you actually can read it. Read that. Oh, print. dude, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and- my favorite my favorite misspelling though is instead of unless it says unless with a D. <laughs> oh dude, I've okay. Yeah, noted I might have to to change how I spell that word. <laughs> Start a trend. Yeah. Um, physically is good too. Yeah, it's physically with a use for oh, some nice. reason in there. Physically, <laughs> okay. So, right, so, anyways, yes, right. What we have here is like this specialized scientific organization, and um, they're kind of reacting to all of this phenomena, these disasters all around the world. And uh, one of the things that is brought to their attention is like a volcanic eruption. And I believe I forget what the dub calls it. I think oh it's the like, mountain I wrote it down. Hang on, Mount Mount Devil. It's it's something like that. It's pretty oh yeah Mount Devil. Yeah, so um, Mount Devil has erupted and it's killed all these people. So what they do is point their sensors towards Mount Devil, and right when they do that, the antagonists, the villains, are revealed. So it's pretty cool. It's like a the at the peak of a mountain, the rocks crumble away, and there's like a huge dragon face comes from actually, Wiley's castle from Mega Man 2 yeah oh, really man, totally. really and um the eye opens up and then mm-hmm. um fades in fades the main villain of the film so in the dub oh, she's I called I love the name of the dub so much yeah her name is Princess Dragon Mom Dragon oh, Mom man, it's it's so really good. good that's what they should have called uh, Daenerys Targaryen in Game of Thrones not the mother oh, of dragons called Dragon Mom Nice. (laughs) (laughs) In the Hong Kong version, her name is Princess Elzebub, which is kind of like Beelzebub, you know, it's like more of a devilish thing. Which is cool too. And this um, actress is great. She's a Lao Wai Yue, I think is her name. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we haven't mentioned that, but so the professor here is played by uh, Wang Xie, and her, uh, she's she both of these characters are also from oily maniac or will be in oily maniac <laughs> or the and, actors um, yeah yeah so he was like the no the characters lawyer. dragon mom appears <laughs> yeah. in the background in the scene yeah. oily maniac you probably missed it <laughs> it was next it was, it was interconnected yeah <laughs> and um oh yeah the gorilla she, suits in this movie too at some point <laughs> oh um, man she Girl. plays his kind of like um mistress Remember mm-hmm. they were in the car and then the Oily Maniac. Oh yeah, 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 so, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, they're both they're both gonna be an Oily Maniac, but um, yeah, she's it's basic your basic thing where it's like, um, we're the you know we're the bad guys, we're monsters, and we're gonna take over the world, and there's nothing you can do, so you have mm-hmm. to surrender to us. And they're like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> and when we get to see the lair, it's amazing because Dragon Mom has this like has this whip that she's whipping all around and like these monsters are just appearing out of nowhere coming out of like capsules and the walls and and, and it's, yeah the costumes are just too fun for these they're, monsters they're great 
Oh, yeah, so much. Amazing. And I will say, uh, Dragon Princess Dragon Mom herself has a like she and the like the the second hand lady. They look like they walked off the set of Barbarella. Like they have these yeah, crazy sure, high sure. boots and like these kind of singlet things going on. It's they're they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Also, I'm glad uh, that we you, have. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm glad that you mentioned that too because actually. The um the artist that did the original poster for the film, his name is Basil Gogos, and uh he depicts them and he's a legend in his own right. Like mm-hmm. if you've seen any like universal monster poster. Yeah, I was gonna say like, monster, like the Frankenstein yeah. poster you've definitely seen, and that's him. Yeah. Um he designs them on the poster totally like you say, like Barbarella. Yeah, and actually yeah. uh the logo that you see on the American poster for Inframan, that's the kind of laser cut logo that I remember seeing in the Western release of the film. Now, in the on the Hong Kong poster, don't they just use the Superman logo? Yeah, it's just the straight up S. <laughs> the Superman yeah. S. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> you know, looking at this poster too, the the slogan they have is the man beyond bionics, and that's totally like an Andy online. I was about to say he's beyond science. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. Ugh. Oh man, that's connected perfect. universe. <laughs> oh yeah, did you guys watch after the credits whenever Samuel Jackson walks out? <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, the once all these initiative. monsters are revealed, <laughs> um, once all these monsters are revealed, you uh, cut back to uh, the professor. I believe in the dub he goes by Professor Chang. Yes, in the original version he's like Professor Liu. And uh, he has summoned Rayma, who is like one of the lead agents in the organization, it seems. And he's chosen him to become the super inframan. And um, it's like a secret lab in the back where you have all these really cool like diagrams and uh, drawings yeah. of circuitry. And you get a really cool like layout of what inframans. Um, and it's like... our lead actor, Danny Lee, who we also yes. know from yeah. Maniac. So he basically like the professor says that in order to become the super man, you might have to go through the sufferings of hell. <laughs> yeah, it's like you might die. He's and like, then, yeah, right. and then he lay him on a table where he is like this total like Christ pose going on with like it literally looks like he's on like a cross and stuff right. with the loincloth. This is totally normal. Also, oh, <laughs> there was a um, one of my favorite lines that I jotted down. Uh, we passed over. It's worth skipping over i guess but mm-hmm. there's also in the iran like uh boardroom scene with like military oh yeah scientists and there's a great line that opens that which is uh gentlemen the situation at this time is so serious that it's the worst in human history i wrote that down too <laughs> so good and then oh we haven't mentioned but um it's a different dubbing crew than our normal Shaw Brothers. Okay, um, I had a feeling it was because it didn't. I didn't recognize a lot of the yeah, voices. Films this, and I would say it's it's really good. It's mm-hmm. um it's it's probably unfair to say it's too good, right? Like, but it doesn't <laughs> um it doesn't necessarily. I it's not as hammy as it could be. Yeah, there's something about oh, like some okay. of the hammy performances of yeah. like the classic dubs that it's like this this hand extended out for you to. To hold uh, this sort of like hand of, yeah, I don't know, comedy, schlocky, Mm -hmm. sort of goofball watch. And yeah, I would say everyone's pretty serious here. Also, uh, what's nice is 
we have kind of um, a larger cast of uh, female voice actors than we yeah. usually have in, in yeah, those nice. dubs. More than no one. <laughs> <laughs> more than no one. Yeah, more than just like two dudes doing like a Monty Python <laughs> wo- woman voice or something. In this uh, meeting that you were talking about, in the Hong Kong version, I took a little bit of notes because there's some different information that they give you in here. So uh, Professor Chang... And the Hong Kong version says that um, these monsters that have arrived, he calls them the, the glacier monsters. And it's like huh. they've been under the earth all this time and they've erupted uh, out of the earth now. So Right, it's kind of Godzilla-y. Yeah, more of an origin uh, of the monsters and kind of their motivation. And we get to see a little more of the monsters here in this next scene where like the lair is like fully decked out and the... The boots are out of control in this movie. Like, oh, man, there's some so amazing good. boots in this. Of course, on the the two main uh, villainesses, but also like all of the scientist people have like these slick silver boots to go with the rest of the outfits and everything. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is with the bad guys. Those, you know, your typical tokusatsu um, organization of villains always has to have their like ground level thugs, and I think that <laughs> I love the, them. yeah, the ground level thugs. <laughs> design in this film is so cool i in the hong kong version they're called like specter skeletons and they literally Ooh, like, like kind that. of have like skull faces and kind mm-hmm. of like this like rib cage design and um in, have you watched in, the new netflix series of mystery science theater so i since you mentioned that <laughs> i i did read a note saying that those guys were in and inspired by this i was about to say there's no way they weren't because they look exactly the same it's a cool design to pull from it's very cool design to pull and it's quite a quite a b-movie kind of pull for for that but yeah where it's like the the goofy like skeleton but with like black except for like skeleton looking features over the the suit okay i'm I'm glad okay i'm glad that that actually was real and not just imagining it so dude that's awesome (laughs) i haven't seen all the episodes connections left and right yeah they're pretty good they're actually pretty fun yeah, and that uh, the hench woman in the Hong Kong version, her name is Witch Eye, and I think she's just called She Demon. She's called She Demon. Yep. In the yeah, and which yeah. both names are pretty. cool. Yeah, so they're both a pretty cool name. Witch Eye is a pretty cool name. And the yeah. only uh, info I could find for the actress is she was known by Dana, like Dana. Yeah, this, like a yeah, like the a single mononym. name. Yeah, like pretty Madonna. Cool. Mara Donna. Mara Donna. Yeah. <laughs> Mara Dana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So the first of our, our monsters runs into the, the Danny Lee character, Rayma. And I love that he he flips over his car, Rayma gets out of the car, and the car immediately explodes. Yeah, that's Oh right. That's that's not Rayma though. That's one Oh that's of not Rayma. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's not Rayma. That's, that's Yeah, right. that's Min. So that's Min who gonna... becomes like the, the kidnapped guy through the movie. Yeah. Totally. But yeah, but that VW yeah. flip stunt is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. I'm guessing there's some kind of crane that's just out of frame or something, but it's, yeah, so it looks like yeah. this monster's lifting it. Yeah, done. Yeah, really well done. Uh, and then our other, our other goofy tentacle monster uh, makes his way to the to the science. What did you say it was called? The science lab or something like that? Science headquarters. Science headquarters. There you go. Um, and he, my favorite. I, I will say one. It, like I love it just because I love dumb stuff like this. But my one of my when he favorite jumps out sense, of the bushes and just slaps the dude <laughs> that's a good one too i was thinking whenever he sinks below 
the ground oh, and the like reverse oh, yeah. the reverse shot and it just looks like he just turns into like an action figure <laughs> it's great goes into the ground. It, oh it's so good and they hold on it so long like <laughs> there's no way you're gonna not know that, that that's just a toy <laughs> but i love how <laughs> it looks like everything's made out of clay mm-hmm. for that shot <laughs> yeah yeah totally. so he plants himself into the ground and then he sprouts out of the ground as like this tentacle plant monster deal actually in the hong kong version his name is monster plant and then the other guy that's involved in this situation is mutant drill he's the dude that kidnapped that has him. the drill oh nice oh yeah and mutant drills the guy who does the awesome <laughs> slap around the bushes um yep anyways that's a yeah, mm-hmm. one of many great gifts. This might be the most gift dense. Yes, um, I'm definitely gonna have to movie ever. Step it up to get some gifts from this movie. Oh man! <laughs> so of course the tentacle breaks into the headquarters, and all your uh, agents, I guess, all these science headquarters guys are left to fight with it. And you get all these great stunts where you have just like a tentacle like whipping guys across the whole room yeah it's amazing <laughs> and this is where the yun clan is um yeah part of the science crew and actually uh yun will ping gets kind of a nice little little feature here and uh yun chun yi does a little bit later yeah yeah, yeah. yun ping's just one of the one of the science officer people <laughs> along with everyone else in the crew here and it's just kind of funny seeing him not as you know like being treated reverently because he's like one of the best choreographers <laughs> right. in the history of right. movies. But he does get to wield a pistol um, while wearing this awesome helmet, which is, that's true. yeah, priceless. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that's always cool about uh, tokusatsu stuff is, you know, like cool motorcycle stuff. So these guys are all wearing like basically motorcycle outfits right, the whole time. Right. And they have these cool helmets and that you can definitely say is inspired by Kamen Rider. Mm-hmm. And Inframan himself kind of looks like Ultraman and Kamen Rider had a baby <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> with like the big helmet and the colors. and Right. So while they're being attacked, you've got uh, Professor Chang trying to transform Rayma into the Inframan. And yeah, this uh, re- they... works really well, like cutting back and forth between the threat of the monster and yeah, trying to sort of give birth to Inframan. Um, yeah, they pace it really well and they actually kind of make it uh pretty dramatic because at one point the yeah they have to like repair the yeah and um the whole process of him becoming inframan is really goofy but pretty cool where you've got professor chang saying how he has to lay these intricate like electronics into rayma's body and it's just like him like grabbing stuff from radio shack and like <laughs> just laying it on top of him. <laughs> yeah. Those coils on his legs mm. and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I love how he's being very gingerly with it, even though the, the, the center is getting destroyed by this monster. He's just taking his time being very gentle. Right. And then the, <laughs> but they, um, the special effects with the, o- with the overlaid drawings is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really awesome too. And that's something that I don't, I don't remember seeing in anything. It's like, these very 70s uh, illustrations of like robotic um, organs, but they just basically overlay it over the camera image and they kind of blink in and out showing that the transformation is occurring and it looks really cool. It looks like like an illustration you'd see in like a kid's book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. So, so the Super Inframan gets out 
and he's able to start fighting this this tentacle monster. And there's some legit pretty good choreography here too. Yeah, there's some really good fight stuff. Also, another gift to catch is right when he's turned into Inframan and he starts feeling his face. That's another thing that I took notes <laughs> on because I'm like, for some reason, it's think, just amazing. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen like a Tokusatsu hero like very carefully touching the helmet that they're wearing. It's <laughs> yeah. just kind of this awareness that like you don't really get in like Tokusatsu shows that I really appreciated. <laughs> It's just weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like a good like a good Toku hero, he takes the the monster out of the out of the harm's way so that he can fight him in the this like woods set. And there's yeah. some really cool wire work here too where like they're flying all around and a lot of explosions, rotoscoped later lasers and stuff. Yeah, it's also cool seeing this uh Tokusatsu stuff with like a Hong Kong backdrop and the kind of yeah. um areas of the Hong Kong landscape that we've seen in classic Shaw Brothers and Golden Harvest movies. I just really appreciate, yeah, the choreography here. And whenever you get these kind of wild wire jumps and stuff, it's like they just like explode off the screen out of nowhere. There's no kind of premeditation to it. (laughs) He just flies out out of nowhere and you're like, wow. And they're always kind of accompanied by like this kind of very like swooshy sound effects too yeah totally and it's even really when cool. even when they're not like employing wire stunts there's a lot of cool uh trampoline flip stuff and then uh other just um almost like olympian level um kung fu gymnastics that's just yeah really really cool um, there is a, something kind of funny to me too about seeing inframan doing these kind of um, more involved choreography than you'd expect to see out of a tokusatsu show and you kind of yeah. get these moments where the helmet kind of doesn't track like as close as you'd expect it to so you kind of get the <laughs> feeling like the whoever the performer is and i couldn't find that out who actually performing in the suit um, I, but maybe they're I just kind my, of yeah blindly following the choreography because that helmet's so clunky right <laughs> you know it's weird i no confirmation, but I and I can't say for the whole movie. But um, there's a fight scene when uh, Danny Lee's character towards the end of the movie, and he's kind of waiting to turn into Inframan. And there's a lot of the movements that gave me a super Yun Shun Yi vibe. There's a, a way that he flips, and something about his body. <laughs> I've watched too many Yun Wuping movies, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, and then when I went. At, back and rewatch some of the early Inframan fights, it's it's I, I might just be dreaming it, but I, I can almost picture Yun Chun Yi doing a lot of this. So um, I wanna believe that too. <laughs> and I mean and he was definitely the go to leading man whenever the Yun clan, you know, worked on a project. So and he's he's in the he's in the film. We see him uh, in a couple other spots. So that Yeah, that would, he gets like a that really would be tight my shot. Guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after he's after he defeats this tentacle monster, we get oh, to see. Oh, oh, you want to finish that up? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let me finish that. So, um, yeah, so he's attacking this plant monster, like we said in the forest, and actually he does the kind of typical tokusatsu scenario where he uses a special attack to take out the opponent for good. And actually, it's kind of funny here because 
in Ultraman, you have this very specific kind of hand motion where he holds one hand straight up and crosses the other arm to the elbow and then a beam is shot out and actually Inframan uses that same pose to shoot a laser out and kill the uh, the plant monster here. In the Hong Kong version, they actually identify those moves and uh, that beam is called the sun shield. There's like kind of a little plot device that plays through the movie that's kind of lost in the dub <laughs> of it, but it's not it's not completely essential to the plot. Mm-hmm. It's just a little extra thing that they were like, ah, whatever, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I got you. But for me, I think it's it's pretty cool seeing that. I mean, you could argue that they're ripping off Ultraman, but it's just kind of cool seeing cin- cinematically that they're acknowledging that heritage by using that same pose. Yeah, definitely. So after that fight, we get to see uh, Ming, the guy that got the guy that got kidnapped earlier in the lair, and they are going to to brainwash him. And there are some quality yeah. lines in this little <laughs> exchange oh, here. Man. Yeah, it's my my probably favorite is uh, you do as I say, or you'll be dropped into a bottomless pit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, in that pit, we get um, yeah. The, we luckily the pit very we much has see, a bottom that we get to see it, later. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. It does uh, turn you into ashes, though. Yes, that's true. Awesome. That's true. Um, but yeah, yeah, they they brainwash him so that he can so they can try to to use him to to get the rest of the the this humans is, to cooperate. This is one of my favorite movie brainwashings. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the result of it because he has these kind of like dark uh, bags under his eyes, and he's doing that thing that you used to see all the time in movie brainwashing where you're acting so obviously out of the norm, but nobody really seems to pay any (laughs) attention to it. Um, Right. Except it's cool. You get that. But then Danny Lee's character, you know, he's, he's pretty brilliant and he kind of puts two and two to two together. And then Vasi asks, yeah, I might just call him Vasi from now on. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Yeah. You know, keep an eye on this guy. Um, I is the operative word because this guy has something really interesting going on. I was this is another <laughs> one of my favorite effects. I think the yeah the green eye. Oh man, so cool. They don't. It's one of these things. It just looks cool. You have no idea what actually is happening, but it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Because <laughs> he one does it just other... to kind of like for no reason, and then he'll also do it like as a as some kind of attack. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. He goes back to the, he goes back to the science headquarters. Yep. Yeah. He goes back to science headquarters, and I I keep wanting to make it a more interesting name than it is. No. Um, <laughs> uh, he went. He goes back to the science headquarters, and like I say, it's very obvious that something's wrong with him. He has like the very obvious bags under his eyes and everything, and his eyes glow green after like they, the one of the the ladies puts like this green thing into his eye and it kind of like i know it's kind of like the like in like a spy movie the thing that like triggers him to start doing the evil stuff right his eyes turn green because his whole goal here is to basically figure out the weakness to defeat super inframan oh man right so he has to like try to steal the the plans steal the death star plans yeah yeah and (laughs) So uh, what we have here now is he's in the lab where Inframan was created and he took out the guard with his green powers. Uh, (laughs) One of the other agents shows up and finds what's happening. And this dude actually is a notable character or, or notable actor from around this time too. And he goes by Bruce Lay. 
Yeah. So this is one of the clones of Bruce Lee, which we've encountered, I think, only one over the course of the podcast. And that was um, Bruce Lung, who was in Broken Oath. He's like yeah. towards the finale yeah, of yeah. the film. Yeah. And he would go on to be thing the i forget his name but the villain in kung fu hustle uh that toad uh dude oh and, gotcha yeah yeah so um but this yeah, guy we, right we here, haven't run into bruce lie or any of the other um yeah there's there are a lot of uh imitators in the wake of bruce's passing that I'm yeah sure, i'm sure we'll get to it's about to say that will mm-hmm. probably be an entire <laughs> that could be an entire arc just in itself right i feel like even danny lee at a point was positioned in that way uh in certain films but um so what what happens now is that uh min is being chased by lung the the agent played by bruce lay and uh there's a pretty cool motorcycle chase here and then they end up in like your typical tokusatsu fashion Mm -hmm. like this kind of cool valley setting yep and once they end up in this area then uh, arrives our next monster yeah yeah also there's another great gift moment um when all of our science force is are, are riding their motorcycles um but danny has his helmet off and the wind is blowing through his hair and it's it's like perfect it's yeah so good um the thing i really like is with bruce lay here uh you get you get a a sequence where he you know he's not a superhero he's just one of the agents but he is uh able enough as a fighter to engage all of these yeah by himself cool. yeah yeah so great, that's really great cool. fight sequence too and if he was yeah, like you, if this was a if this was a Sentai kind of movie, then he would be he would become like the next the next ranger to, to help along with Danny Lee. <laughs> sure, but I always like these types of characters where it's like they're not the main hero, but there's something still really cool yeah. about them, and they yeah, get their time totally. to shine. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, Marty, you've mentioned uh, Kino <laughs> from Ninja yeah, Turtles. I, boy, he floated <laughs> right to the to the top of my brain. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. It's like these kind of cool side characters that you can kind of i guess almost identify with because you're like oh i you know i'm never gonna be a superhero but maybe i can do some (laughs) cool stuff (laughs) and then um the rest of the squad ends up showing up and you've got a huge sequence here where um there's probably like i don't know 25 guys uh yeah bad and good all fighting and this monster here are skeleton yeah skeleton skeleton putties yeah (laughs) Yeah. yeah actually in in japanese things like i guess like in beat-em-ups and stuff they call of the those low-level guys zako, zako. which zako means trash so these oh, are just like the trash. garbage that's, funny. that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, the garbage guys that just get in the way i always like the wrestling term <laughs> jobber that's yeah that's or, my favorite oh, that's jobbers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah these are definitely yeah, jobbers it, it's great but the the main monster that's in this first um segment yeah, he's here. like a yo gabba gabba dude. <laughs> dude awesome i love that dude okay so you're you're gonna start me talking on a tangent oh, here boy. But aquabats so and i love the aquabats right yeah, and the aquabats are very inspired by all of these things mm-hmm. too like tokusatsu shows and really campy 60s and 70s uh, television and they had a part in the creation of Yo Gabba Gabba too. So like, oh cool, I know that. All of that stuff is just like, man, the best to me. Like, I love. Dude, it we're all. just finding connections all over the place today. This is so cool. 
Yeah, and it's really cool seeing, you know, even though Inframan is definitely influenced by other things, um, that it's done so well, I would say it's in its own an influence on later tokusatsu as well. Mm. Yeah, it's almost if you think of like um, uh, independent comic book, like like Image when that kicked off in the 90s or something, Wildcats or something, it's like... Yeah, just uh, yeah. If it's if it's done at a, at a high level, it's, it feels like it's all part of the same kind of like sphere or or genre, and that's wasn't Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles a independent comic, or am I thinking of something? Yeah, 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 totally. totally. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, in itself, it was like a parody of of other comics right. from around that time too. Right, because isn't the whole idea that the it's like the same chemical spell that made Daredevil. <laughs> Like yeah, then spilled dude. into the sewer right. oh, and created dude. Ninja yeah, good Turtles. Catch. Yeah. Well, and yeah, all oh, the old yeah. issues were all black and white, other than the, the covers. Hmm. Don't you, get me started. Is this a is this a Ninja Turtles? <laughs> well, most definitely that is a Golden Harvest production, so that'll definitely be yeah, a future totally. episode. Yeah, Brandy <laughs> yeah. did mm. the choreography for the first <laughs> uh, one. But oh, we haven't uh, talked about uh, Inframan's. Um, like transition yeah. animation. I was literally um, about to mention that. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. No, that's that's all I was gonna say is the Rayma gets in here and he gets to do a proper. We we talked before in the Jock episode about the Henshin, like the transformation process, where it's like this this whole separate expensive little scene of the character transforming into their their like superhero outfit and stuff. And it's funny seeing like it's a movie, like you don't have to do the same transformation technique every episode because <laughs> it's all one yeah, thing. Nice. But but it looks really but, cool. Yeah, we get to see this a few music. times. And it always has like a Superman flying um component <laughs> it to it too. Uh even if he's just kind of right there and yeah, doesn't have to move at all. <laughs> it looks cool though. Yeah, it looks awesome. And and we also that's where we get you know like a little excerpt of the, the uh, amazing theme yeah music. which I I have to stop myself from from humming every time you say it because I'll just oh, put it man, in the episode yeah. but <laughs> oh, so good yeah. and uh, he does like whenever he's fighting the what's the bug monster's name or does he have a name I actually don't know okay well when he's fighting the bug the- monster um, he does like a. Is there a name for it, like the beam fight thing, where like oh, yeah, like no, the, the two you. the two beams go against each other and go back and forth, like in like Dragon Ball or even like Harry Potter does it? I think at some point um, they do that in Harry Potter. Yeah, what if like the wands with um with Harry and Voldemort in one of the later movies? Yeah, nice. <laughs> I I just watched those like a couple of weeks ago, so it's fresh That's in mind. Awesome. Yeah, this other this other monster with like weird devil horns, like a big like hairy head thing yeah I don't know. this this monster actually up. i think i like the design of this monster the most mm-hmm. he's like so weird and he's always like laughing and yeah. so he's like this almost like a very japanese i was gonna say he feels monster. like a japanese folklore kind of monster like that would be in some random jrpg as a as a boss or something right and there's yeah, also totally. an open like in the very beginning of this sort of laser fight that you're talking about there's this great um, like long distance shot really? where you see him on top of this cliff and Inframan's like, you know, way down below. It's really, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, just the the level of commitment in, in these in these sequences. And this area that they're fighting in is so beautiful. It's like this yeah, perfect, really. it's like a mountain with a plain with a little pond nearby. It just looks perfect for this type of 
uh, action here. And uh, this monster basically fights with projectiles. So it's shooting beams from its horns, shooting beams from its hands, and it actually ends up tossing Inframan into the water. So you've got a little sequence here where it seems like you know, he's striking uh, Inframan under the water and you're like, oh crap, what happened? And there's some pretty big explosions in the water. And then he ends up flipping out of the water past the monster and zapping him into the pond and then doing his own, that sun shield that I mentioned. And it, it like, there's a, another really long shot where it's just him exploding yeah. super violently. Yeah, it's a really cool <laughs> yeah. explosion too. Yeah, the thing yeah. that I really like about this uh, kind of Shaw Brothers take on the tokusatsu uh, genre is that it, it really doesn't pull any punches when the hero kills the monsters. <laughs> right. So it does not. <laughs> it you, you get these brutal deaths for these monsters that you would actually see in something like a Common Rider Amazon or something like. Mm. You can find like kind of super clips of. Uh, these older tokusatsu shows like Ultraman where he'll throw a beam or throw a blade and just decapitate guys. Yeah. It's really great. But you get a bit of that here. So um, Yeah, almost like these fatalities or mm -hmm. something. Yeah, exactly. You get a sequence now where the the bug monster enlarges itself to giant size. This looks so cool. It does. It's It's really really well well done. done. Because we yeah. see we, he grows giant while Inframan is still normal sized. So there's this and amazing. And they're by these power lines. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's, re- it's really well done because the yeah. power lines actually cross in front of the the suits and the actors. So it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm still not exactly sure how, how they did this, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it really looks you, great. You've got a, a combination of things like force perspective yeah. and you've got stuff like, uh, um, Compositing. Yeah. Yeah, compositing. Compositing, thank you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you've got uh, some use of compositing and rotoscoping. So uh, with the, there's like a shot where the- Oh, the claw the, comes yeah, down. Yeah, the, claw the monster's yeah. like bringing his claw down to attack one of the uh, science headquarter guys. And mm-hmm. they actually like cut the frame of the foreground. Yeah, so you can so see like the hand claw. drawn the claw. Yeah, and you, like, you can really see cool. it like changing between the frames. It's pretty neat. Right. Yeah. It's it's kind of choppy, but so ambitious. Mm-hmm. And they actually, it is. they don't, it doesn't take away from the effect. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And but, then Inframan gets to grow big himself. And the, the, the shot of him growing is actually crazy well done. It's yeah. like so it, smooth. It, it's so smooth. Like, I'm not 100% how they did it. It's really amazingly well done. Right. And Bugman's in the same shot. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. really good sequence. And then um, he kind of makes quick work of yeah. the, the Bugman. Or <laughs> yeah, you love or how he beats him. Yeah. Dude, he, yeah, he just tosses him into this... Um, into this like yeah. power plant thing. Yeah, exactly. These like, and it's like a, a power lines, a rag doll like dummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and it so makes good. him really small. And then he just squishes him, literally like a bug. And we see oh, the man. green goo going out of him. And it's I love seeing that too because every single time, whenever I watch Power Rangers, I thought, why don't they just step on him? Like, why don't they just <laughs> get in the Zord right now and then step on him? Yeah, it turns and they out do that it had been movie. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, great. It's good stuff. It is one of these things in tokusatsu that it's like always like, okay, 
why are you waiting to transform into this ultimate being? Why don't you just do it right don't away? You do but, it right now. But it's part of the right. fun scene. I mean, yeah, because you wouldn't have a show if you did that. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that this whole sequence out in that valley area is just so much fun and so cool to watch. Like they they did it. They got it right. It's not like we're trying to copy. Uh, Japanese tokusatsu shows like they're like nah we're gonna do it and it's gonna look awesome and yeah it's, yeah totally. it's so entertaining also I think overall what I was um really pleasantly surprised by is how rarely we're on the uh, Shaw Brothers sound stages uh yeah there's we, a lot of outdoor shooting and yeah there's a lot I of location love. stuff and uh like we said the locations are just so beautiful we do see some classic um you know Shaw stages kind of meant to be outdoors when we get closer to the lair. Um, yeah. But I then I, I also love seeing that. It, it's like just the right, yeah, the right balance for me. It was just perfect. I love whenever you see Inframan doing like a back handspring and then it very clearly cuts to him doing the same thing in the soundstage and then back to them outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, again, stuff that you wouldn't notice on a, on a bad VHS. But uh, So we get a quick scene of the, the lair where... Uh, Dragon Mom figures out like what the what the secret the secret to defeating Inframan is. Yeah, so this is one of the things that I was saying where in the dub it they don't like specifically identify what she's looking for, but in the original Hong Kong version, she understands the power behind his sun shield, which is that beam that he uses to finish everybody off with. And uh that's gonna be like kind of a thing that shows up in the final conflict of the film hmm. there's cool. there's another thing too that where you know in a tokusatsu show or any kind of long-running hero show uh at some point the heroes will get like an upgrade or a new ability or a new robot and um the professor has been working on this technique for uh Rayma as inframan it's called the thunderball fist I believe <laughs> Thunderball oh, nice. Fist. Yeah. Yeah. I think in the Hong Kong version, it's just the, I think it's just the Thunder Fist. Gotcha. Thunderball Fist sounds, literally sounds like a Mega Man upgrade. <laughs> yeah. You've got Thunderball Fist. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, man. We get a real quick scene where we see like these two little kids exploring a cave that kind of leads us to our next scene. But the big thing I want to say is that the little girl here is played by a woman named uh, Fanny Lung or Lung Man Yi. And I mean, she's just kind of an actress that's been a lot of random stuff, but this is her first film role, of course, because she's probably like seven or something, but she was actually one of the students in the school in Future Cops. What? Yeah, oh, I know. Wow, that's, that's so cool. It's so random, but I was just looking through each of the different uh, different actors and actresses wow. in this, Dude, and I saw that, find, and man. that was one of the movies that she was in, was yeah. she's just one of the students in Future Cops. So, <laughs> go oh, figure. Man. We're just bringing up all the worst movies all the that we covered that we love. <laughs> so good. This is like a fruit salad of all of our favorite horror if, movies. If oh, this this episode almost feels like it could be a anniversary special we're just pulling so <laughs> many random things <laughs> there wow. is a funny sequence where that kid's kind of hiding from the monster once he re- realizes what's happening in this cave and there's like a lizard that like crawls on his head i might add that to the to the gift pile because that looks pretty funny <laughs> yeah that's what ends up getting him caught so they end up getting caught because mutant drill is trying to bust into the um uh science headquarters with min 
And yeah. then, uh, of course, uh, Rayma ends up uh, getting involved because uh, the little girl runs off and he meets with her and she's like, oh, they're gone. They haven't come back. So now he's on the trail for our monsters. And then this, the the kidnaps, uh, I think it's supposed to be their older sister. It kind of act like it's their mom, but I think they say later it's their older sister. Um, but the the sister and the brother are it's like it's literally like something from a silent movie where they're they're bound and gagged and there's like this cartoon dynamite that the fuse is burning down yeah. and, and they have to race to to save the day. It's so silly. Um, get to see the <laughs> well the transformation again. He's able to to save before the just in the nick of time. <laughs> and again, and it feels like this feels like episode four or something. Right? Of the yeah. Totally. Of the season. Yeah. The threat of the week is um, and this episode is what happens to the kids. Mm-hmm. You even have like the little the monster reacting to his plan failing, like "damn it!" Like Inframan foiled me again. Then the credits run. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so here we get the kind of sequence where you get this upgrade that I was talking about—the Thunderball Fist—and what it basically is is like a rocket punch, which is so awesome to me. That's. <laughs> That's like my favorite <laughs> robot attack in anything ever. So the <laughs> rocket so punch, cool. yeah. Just launch your fist out at somebody and punch him <sighs> so from all silly. over. I and I love I... it too because that's like, that's not how punching works. Like the reason why punches hurt <laughs> is because you got the mass of your body to help with it. So it's just <laughs> whatever. It looks cool. That's the important it, part. It looks awesome. <laughs> but you get like, like not a suit upgrade, but you get him wearing these gauntlets now. So you yeah. can see like in the back half of the film that inframan has changed in a way i keep it's why i keep trying to remember the the mega man like the noise whenever you get the upgrade and i keep thinking of the contra level over music we could just start talking about video game we could just start talking about video game music that's true (laughs) you know i love mega man 3 that's my jam yeah that one has that some sick music so after um he gets this upgrade. There's another scene here where the professor is doing some research and his daughter walks in and um, the mutant drill dude still trying to they want to capture the professor. So um, they bust into his study and instead of capturing him, they capture the daughter. There's a really weird thing here <laughs> that I wanted to mention. So okay. he like leaves the room and she sits down at a table and picks up a book to read and you can like see it very plainly written in English. And the book is called The Devil and All His Works by Dennis Wheatley. And it's like a, it's like a reference book to like the occult. Huh. Wow. Yeah, it's like this weird. Well, I suppose weird... like our Vasi, he kind of needs to know about all walks of life and yeah (laughs) all kinds of science maybe so dennis wheatley i looked him up because of this and he's like kind of a known kind of thriller novelist but he also wrote this book which which is basically him like showing the research that he's done for all the novels that he's written because he's kind of written like these kind of horror kind of occult like thriller novels right Gotcha. So I don't know if they just had it around, but I think there's something so funny to me about her like excitedly opening this book up and looking very happy while. Well, she's you wonder if it, it was uh, picked out because maybe that the English word "devil" would be identifiable to enough of the audience, maybe like um, a clue to like let yeah, them know that or, something or at bad's going like, to happen. This is something bad, but maybe they 
maybe they went a little too extreme with the choice. <laughs> yeah. It's just a weird little detail that I mm-hmm. noticed that I wanted to bring up. Mm-hmm. But also, the, yeah, um, the scene that follows, uh, one of the things I love so much about it is it's it's so dark. You barely can see what's going on at all, except mm-hmm. for the glow of like our monsters, uh, drill monsters eyes and is, yeah, and, and that's he's, really he's cool my too, favorite. That he has he's just these so like light up eyes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he he agrees to go with uh, to go to like to save his daughter, and he gets escorted to this. Uh, I, I love that they get him to the lair on like a speedboat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a devil speedboat. It's got that... like horns on it. And stuff. <laughs> Honestly, I think that could. That might be the greatest little bit of cinema of all time. When you go from the the speedboat and then you cut to this shot where there's this like he's sandwiched between the two <laughs> monsters and it's so casual. He's he's not reacting enough or they're not reacting enough mm-hmm. or something. That also so could be a, a gift that could could change oh, yeah. the course of of history. That's my favorite. Yeah. Like uh, it's like my favorite shot of the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> oh, good stuff. But yeah, they they go in and he's able to reunite with the daughter, and that's whenever Dragon Mom kind of makes the ultimatum that they're uh, that they're like basically saying like work with us, otherwise we're going to destroy like we're going to destroy the world even more. I guess right. I'm not I'm not completely sure the <laughs> the deal they're going with here. It, but. It's cool because he's so strong of character. He just he never budges on um, on his values or mm-hmm. wanting to protect his daughter or or the Earth. Yeah. And uh, she shows that she's serious by throwing Ming into this bottomless pit that she mentioned earlier. And that's... oh, there's another cool effect when they sort of like beam her up. Like, yeah, they like sort the of scope like, the yeah like the wire. They sort of like teleport her into the the shot, and it's like this and still image of the actress. It's, it's really and cool. you know that old uh, that old theater adage if you. If you talk about a bottomless pit in the first act, you have to pay it off in the third. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Chekhov's <laughs> gun of uh, this movie. Right. In in the dub, this is where Princess Dragon Mom says that Inframan gets his power from the sun, which it sounds like in the original Hong Kong audio, they kind of set that up a little more earlier. Yeah, but when exactly. I was watching, it just kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, oh. Okay, sure. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Solar power. When will people learn? They couldn't deny it much longer because... And actually, in the dub, when he's creating Inframan, he says something like, you're powered by a miniature nuclear reactor, which is not in the Hong Kong version at all. Mm. I th- I think uh, Professor Liu in the Hong Kong version says that he's powered by electrical waves. And... um. I guess, you know, hearing a nuclear reactor always gets a reaction from people. Yeah. But, um, right. yeah, Raymond's He's powered up. by a very large nuclear reactor called the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Rayma shows up at the island, and he's fighting all the goons outside in the kind of the entryway of the, um, the lair. And this is so cool because it's all, like... It's like the Shaw Brothers indoor set, right? Like it is. indoor I'm, outdoor set. Yeah, I'm pretty but, sure it's a set that we saw exactly the same in like Broken Oath, but with skeletons all over it. Sure, or, at, or like uh, Crippled Avengers. Yeah, 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 Avengers, yeah, yeah, totally. 
But the thing that's so cool is like, yeah, there's all these huge like skeleton parts all over the place. Mm. So you've got like these cool obstacles to jump over and under, and you've got the uh, all the goons that have this skeleton motif. It just looks super cool and interesting. And then uh, you know when you throw in the monsters into the mix too, um, so mutant drill shows up, and I think. I think he like explodes out of one of the skulls for this scene, which is really great too. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that's we've great, got another instance here where you've got like, I don't know, like 25, 30 guys all in the same space, like clobbering each other. Right. And that so incredible environment, like you said, yeah, it really feels like, you know, no expense was, was spared in making mm-hmm. this movie. It's, also, there's this one, um, did you guys note there's this really cool like uh, tracking shot? Um, that I, I think takes kind of good stock of like just how many people there are in this. Yeah, scene. yeah. Um, but it was funny. This is like whenever, a shockingly whenever... well shot movie. Yeah, like, like it's it's it is like obviously it's pretty corn. It's pretty hammy with you know like the people and the outfits and everything. But it's like pretty competently directed. Yeah, yeah and the totally. um, the cinematographer that worked in Shaw Brothers at this time, he was a Japanese guy. I forget his oh, name. Oh, cool. But he's He's done like almost all of these uh, Shaw Brothers movies that we've covered in the past year. Yeah, Tadashi and, um, Nishimoto, I think is yeah, his name. Yeah. yeah, he has like a Hong Kong handle as well. But um, yeah, you could almost you could almost wonder if maybe he had a little more like he's like, oh, this is like such a like a Japanese inspired. This is me pulling, <laughs> right? <laughs> this is like so no, Japanese. No, I'm going to make it look not. extra good. No, because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do think uh, like you're saying, Matthew, I mean, I think it the there's something about the production value of this movie that is a cut above, you know, the neighboring Shaw mm-hmm. Brothers films from yeah. from this time. And oh, we should right. also call and out the uh, the writer of the film, who's also a Shaw Brothers regular, uh, Ni Kwong. And mm. um, I didn't, I hadn't really looked into him as much in past episodes, but I guess outside of screenwriting, he used to write a lot of um, sci-fi novels as well. Um, so I think this oh, is great. this is kind of a, a story area that. I think was really, really up his alley. Yeah, he's a really interesting guy. Still, still alive, I believe. And uh, he had actually worked uh, when he was younger. He uh, was in mainland China, and he had worked under the Communist Party. And apparently, these days, he's um, he's like a very uh, avid anti-communist sort of activist. So, interesting oh, cool guy. Oh. Yeah, very cool. More, more power to him. Yeah. And so now we get our our final hinge of the movie because this. This lizard king looking guy comes out oh. with these shooting fire. Oh, does he have a name? Well, no, but he totally looks like, I mean, design wise to me, he looks like Mazinger Z, which is like 70s anime, like a robot show that I love by Gonagai. And oh, cool. he kind of has the same kind of crown shape uh, design in his head to Mazinger, even though Mazinger's a robot. So I kind of like see that as a definite yeah. influence. No, you're totally yeah. right. And just pulled it up. And, and yeah, you're you're totally right. Yeah, he also like has this like crazy like fire stream kind of attack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's like really interesting how they do that because it's mm-hmm. like this traveling line that's a traveling line of fire like mm-hmm. at his target. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But he lizard guy teams up with the the big hands monster that we saw earlier in the movie, and that's what gets Inframan to to finally transform. Yeah. But then Dragon Mom blocks out the sun and. <laughs> and takes away his power yeah, she summons her clouds so yeah the thing about that that's kind of cool is that 
she doesn't know that he's been upgraded and uh she definitely does disable his sun shield beam but he's got plenty other moves that he uses and uh, we get to see all of those towards the end of this film right now yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah he uses his his the the rest of his powers to defeat all these these the uh, side guys what'd you say they were trash what'd you say there was zakel zako that's <laughs> zako that's so cool. um and we we've seen the monsters can like disappear earlier in the movie, and he's able to use like this like I guess that's probably where Inframan why they called him that because he has like this this supervision stuff where he right, can uh, right. fight. And I love I love his rocket boots, but he goes in like the wrong direction for the oh, rocket boots. Yeah, <laughs> right. The, yeah, the Hong done. Kong version so cool. has the he says the name of that attack. It's oh, called yeah. the lethal the lethal kick. Lethal kick. That's, yeah again yeah, it's very on the nose like names a... i love it <laughs> yeah it's like his his feet are facing his enemy but the rocket sort of sucks him towards the enemy somehow <laughs> yeah really cool it, it's awesome mm-hmm. so yeah mutant drill gets killed that by the lethal kick mm-hmm. and then yeah you were saying mm-hmm. that that um mazinger z looking dude <laughs> he like turns invisible but then he's like hiding on the side of the mm-hmm the building and then inframan's able to see him and kill him too yeah so inframan goes he 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 front hand springs his way into the lair and instantly gets trapped by the laser thing that yeah. they killed me earlier it's like not you don't even see him get trapped on it it just cuts and he's trapped by it oh it's so good. weird it's like he's <laughs> flipping in and then you see like this kind of roto effect like almost yeah. like I don't know, like was sucking him in Mm -hmm. or something, but then yeah, it cuts to the next shot and he's just trapped. And I, I'm like I said, I have the Hong Kong version of this film either, and there's nothing that they take out of that. (laughs) That's just how it's shot. (laughs) Yeah, just like yeah, it was missing from the shot list or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it definitely works. And yeah, you're towards the end of the movie and you're kind of okay with the pace jumping up a little bit. Um, Princess Dragon Mom then uses the trap door to send uh, Inframan and down into the volcano. And I, I like that she says, You're melting 6,000 degrees of heat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. It's so awesome. Although it's funny, 6,000, like, obviously 6,000 degrees is hot, but that's like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's parts of the earth, like lava, that's hotter than that. But That's like how hot it is by you right now, isn't it? God, it <laughs> feels like it. Oh, Jeez Louise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can talk about how much I don't like the weather, but that's hopefully by the time this episode goes up, that won't be relevant anymore. Hopefully, it'll oh, be yeah, nice. Yeah, cool, totally. You'll be in the new place. Fall. Right. Oh, that'll be nice. <laughs> Anyways. Um, but so he, yeah, he, uh, Inframan hides on the side of the this this bottomless pit and is able to jump back up and starts this this great fight where he's just wrecking everything in the lair yeah. and fighting all the skeleton dudes. And we, yeah, we now- never really got a great glimpse of this part of the set. Um, when we first saw all the monsters, they were in this location, but we kind of saw it from a distance. So it's, uh, anyways, yeah, really great use of the whole the whole set and everything. It's just awesome. And the choreography is really cool seeing yeah, him handle really like, you know, like mm-hmm. seven or eight of these goons. And they all have these kind of, they're like these ball like I don't know, like yeah, like they're like spears, spears with a ball. Yeah, spears yeah. with a ball at the end. They look cool. That's that's the important part. Yep. And he's just smashing everything up. He's tearing up their console. Mm-hmm. He, and then um, 
she-demons trying to attack him with that kind of device that she used to brainwash and yeah and he destroys that and he's throwing guys into the water there's some really cool use of crowd control with all of his moves and just seeing all of these guys and actually the the zakel like i was saying earlier like uh i think of in common rider the shocker troopers kind of have this yell that they do kind of ee, ee. so anytime <laughs> you see these guys they're yelling and yeah. these guys have a similar kind of sound effect actually in the beginning of the film the plant monster he had like a weird like he talks like he's got a dubbed voice but whenever they're fighting it almost sounds like like when you're at the dentist when they're like slosh like sucking your mouth out of moisture it's like this swishy like kind of weird noise yeah it's like super weird so i like that they really paid attention to how the villains and monsters sound too because that's a very important part of tokusatsu kind of tropes yeah totally mm-hmm. um there was something that i started i i might also be cra- going crazy over this but uh during this part of the fight i started hearing what i thought was like a repetition of a kind of scream and it all of a sudden dawned on me that like i think i've maybe been hearing this scream in hong kong fights for like years and years so anyways i want to do some more research but it's very possible there's some kind of like hong kong wilhelm scream oh man i was literally thinking this some of these shots it looks like there'd be a wilhelm screen in a if this was you know after like yeah star wars but i I think there's like some kind of stop like there's like a hong kong version of a scream that Mm -hmm. might appear in like yeah tons of fights and i just I never thought to like look out for it, but anyways, yeah. def- definitely going to be from now on. <laughs> I want to, I yeah, I want that to be a real thing. Like, we need to find that and coin it. <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> the listen to Heroes Three scream. <laughs> um, Inframan now has a little face off with She Demon and <laughs> cuts off her hands and kicks her into the pit. Yeah, which he is has an rough. attack. In the Hong Kong version, he calls it the laser blade. And yeah, he just totally brutally murders her. And yeah, I, I love like... seeing the little action figure fall down the pit <laughs> and like hit the side and like spin around. And there's a really cool, like actually at the bottom of that, how they represent the lava. Yeah. I don't know if it's like gel or something with really a light cool, under though. it, but it looks very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's gone, and all the goons are gone, and most of all the monsters are gone. Mm-hmm. So now it's up to him to save the professor. So actually, the she, I mean, um, Princess Dragon Mom trapped him in like this kind of ice prison, mm-hmm. and she says something in the Hong Kong version. Let me look and see what that was. Well, hurry up! Yeah, so I want to talk and, about Spring Boys. <laughs> yeah, sure. In the Hong <laughs> Kong version, she says that. After three days, they'll turn into ice men being trapped in that <laughs> this thing, which is like a kind of a cool thing to say, but who knows what that even means. And she wants him to make her own version of Inframan, but like a bad version of Inframan. Mm-hmm. So this leads to the the final the final boss room where uh, Inframan uh, like he uses X ray vision to see through a wall, and when he gets into it. He fights these weird it's funny we've we've seen them briefly earlier in the movie but it's these two like spring monster yeah, phase but it's almost like slinky sp- springs yeah 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 but i guess the spring 
technology applies to everything they do because there's this this shot that goes on way too long where Inframan <laughs> punches them they fall to the ground oh, spring dude, back up amazing. he punches them again they fall down and it happens like six times that's it's, that it. has to be a gif as well like oh, that oh most definitely i feel like that will open zone. a new chapter in like <laughs> history or something that's <sighs> yeah, amazing but also, there's a really good choreography there here. There is. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially given um, that I'm sure these people could see almost nothing. Uh-huh. But yeah, whoever's in that Inframan suit is very proficient. He does some awesome-looking kicks, and he's doing, like, cartwheels and stuff. And even, like, I mean, there's some really kind of ridiculous string uh, wire work here, but it, it still looks really cool. And... He's handling these guys, and there's another kind of goofy, springy shot where he knocks one of the guys away, and they're kind of bouncing on their head. But like, it's cool because, like, they're in the foreground. I don't know if it's this shot or another one, but there's a moment where Inframan takes one of the spring guys and he, he throws him up on a rafter or something, and he's like dangling in the foreground while Inframan is like fighting all these other wounds. Oh. And <laughs> the shot lasts kind of a long time. It's just really a cool, like, dazzling frame there mm-hmm. yeah and it's really cool too here when all of the specter skeletons show up and he's fighting them some of those guys are rigged with a wire so when he hits them they fly up really dramatically into the air yeah <laughs> so now princess dragon mom comes in here and with a bunch of goons and she is able to like basically bait him into uh attacking her and she shoots him with like this ice stuff that that covers him and it's it's really silly seeing him like moving really slow with like his arms all stiff trying <laughs> He's to get all back frosty up. Looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're you know if you're watching the Hong Kong version, that's kind of uh, relevant because they're called the Glacier Monsters. Uh, like even though they're like in a volcano and stuff, you don't really oh, gotcha. see that related until this moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that there are like glaciers hanging from the ceiling. I just didn't sort of track them as yeah as being glaciers yeah and now with uh inframan kind of frozen and incapacitated you get a total ultraman callback too where they zoom in on his forehead and there's this little red light that's blinking showing that he's kind of like um in a critical state so in ultraman he has like a they call it, I think, the color timer, and it'll flash whenever he's in danger or at a critical like health. And um, actually, if you watch, if you're a fan of Pokemon, <laughs> this is a weird draw, but <laughs> okay. but stick with me for uh, a second. All right, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> um, in Pokemon, the original uh, like 151 Pokemon, there's Starmie and Staryu, which are like these little starfish kind of guys with like a gem on the center of them. And that's actually kind of a parody of Ultraman as well, where whenever they get hurt, their little gem starts flashing. And like anybody that doesn't really know about Ultraman just kind of understands it's like, oh, he must be hurt. But that's a blatant reference to Ultraman in Pokemon. (laughs) Well, cool. I didn't realize that they were a a reference. Very cool. Yeah, and even when like Starmie and Staryu are fighting, they kind of do these kind of ha ha and the, those noises are actually kind of uh reflective of Ultraman as well. Oh, that's so so cool. uh, this is another instance here in Inframan where uh it's a very obvious um either they stole it or it's uh, an <laughs> or homage. It, we'll, to we'll say it's an homage. We'll we'll be pleasant. Yeah. I think it's cool mm. either way yeah. if you're a fan of the genre. Yeah. So he ends up 
using like these fire bombs that he has to heat himself back up. I love his dumb like flashback to this very specific thing the professor said about yeah. the yeah. oh the missiles will if you ever get frozen then those missiles will defrost. <laughs> right, you. it's like there's yeah, no warning for any anything else. It's like <laughs> just this eventuality. Mm-hmm. Although who knows? Um there are a couple of moments in the movie where I felt like they were maybe setting something up for future movies or a sequel or something. So who knows? It's possible the professor gave him a lot more specific advice to get out of other kinds of jams. And this is just the only relevant one. I like, I think of the Simpsons again, where Abe Simpson's telling Homer, now, if you ever travel (laughs) back in time, don't touch anything. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Really great. So So he he ends up doing, the, uh, thawing out basically right mm-hmm. <laughs> and he defeats the two uh springy guys mm-hmm. and they actually kind of get a cool death too they have this kind of animated effect on them when they're like kind of i don't know it looks like they're overheating and they disappear and so now it's the final showdown with princess dragon mom and whenever he's my this is one of my favorite definitely gonna be my favorite gif for the whole movie is <laughs> uh so she transforms into her, her dragon form and uh, Inframan shoots this like these blade things that he shot out before and it cuts off her head and then she grows another head and then he shoots at the blades again and cuts off that head and he literally this... does it five times and you see all the heads on the ground in front of her. Yeah. Dude, I know oh. we just opened like a new chapter in GIF memes, but we have to like open a brand new one after <laughs> After this, because the, it's, the yeah, it's just amazing. Oh, yeah, the it's, it's so good. You know, it's like there's the rule of threes or whatever, and this this like zoom just rockets past that and finds it's like, hey, like who needs a only new three, magic right? number. It's amazing. I can't get it off mm-hmm. of that. I I cackled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah just, totally. Uh, <sighs> but then he's able to use his his sun. What do you say? It was a sunbeam something. So um. He uses the laser blade to chop her head off. Mm. Then he uses the um, the thunderball fist, the rocket punch kind of dealy to kind of stun her. And then he does like his sunbeam. It's like a cool like cross armed sunbeam to uh, kill her. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's how he defeats them. And he does a sick front flip, transforms back into his normal uh, human form. Yeah. And they uh, they escape the the exploding uh, the exploding lair. And there's some really cool explosion effects here, too. Like, there's a lot of... There's one really great shot of them running around a corner, and then a big explosion fires right after they get out of the way. It's yeah, from the main skull. I mean, it's impressive, too, that they're, um, you know, they're willing to destroy the, this amazing set. And, mm-hmm. um, and then, yeah, I think they also cut to a miniature for... Um, yeah, for, like, the far that, shot. That larger the explosion. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, definitely not phoning anything in as mm-hmm. we get to the the last few minutes here. And then they they watch the explosion. They get on the boat and they basically are like, "Will we ever see the monsters again?" Well, if we do, we got in for man. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bum, bum, but... bum, bum, bum. <laughs> oh, dude, perfect. <laughs> but unfortunately, no, we did not get another in for man. So, although who knows? It's not too late. Because it's not too late. Another another vibe I got is. Um, Earlier on, the uh, his the youngest daughter is asking like, "Oh, could I be Lady Inframan someday?" Right. Or oh yeah, so it's like, yeah. dude, that's gotta happen. Lady Inframan, yeah. I'd be there day one. That's for sure. 
if you're following like yeah the, why why call the, her in for a woman right no <laughs> Just, lady no I, it's like miss yeah. it's like mrs pac-man yeah, if you're following like the Japanese huddling, it would be like that. It would be like Inframan Lady. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. Did you Which see that one the the game that I want to say was King of Fighters where they announced a game and it was called King of Fighters for Girls? I, what? I think, that wasn't King of Fighters. It might not have King of Fighters. It was another SNK or something like that. Where There's the SNK heroines. It wasn't like that, a, though. It was specifically oh. like a dating sim game that was called whatever the game series is for girls. Nice. Ugh. Oh, man. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> You're looking it up. I am looking it up. It was nice. King of Fighter for Girls. Yes. That's a for real thing? Why don't that's I know about thing? that? I, I, I'm I don't crushed. Know. That's, that's... <laughs> I have to look this yeah, up. <laughs> now you're going to take any tab over there. What? It's like a, oh man. I wonder if like the gendered marketing was just so effective, it just <laughs> passed you by have, or something. I've never heard of this. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's it's like a Korean thing. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's a it's a phone game. Okay, cool. Still, it's just I just <laughs> thought that insane. name was hilarious. Yeah, dude, props on you for showing me something about King of <laughs> Fighters. King of that Fighters, I never you didn't knew. know. Yeah. That's, that's a, insane. That will never happen in the history of the world from here on out. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I'm so proud of you. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> um, but oh. yeah, that's that's Inframan. And again, it's on Amazon. If you even slightly like like Power Rangers or Tokusatsu stuff like this, or just silly movies, then you should watch it. This It's so good. Dude, seriously, seriously. I I mentioned Oily Maniac, and I mentioned uh, The Mighty Peking Man. So, like, I almost kind of put these in, like, a weird trilogy, even mm. though they're not related at all. It's, <laughs> like, these kind of three kind of fun offshoot films from Shaw Brothers that are really entertaining in their own ways, and... I would just highly recommend them. No, I love it's, the idea of finding like related films to to group together for a viewing mm-hmm. rather than just having to go with, you know, straight sequels. Sequels and stuff. And yeah, that's that would be an awesome that would I, be an awesome group. That might be next Halloween that we do that. So, we'll see. I definitely Yeah, we we haven't covered kaiju films yet and mm-hmm. I man, I could dude, I could just that could just change the whole show. I could just be, it would just be a kaiju podcast, but <laughs> it would just, we'd change the name from Heroes 3 to Carlos talks about kaiju for an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the best person to talk about. I love it. Mm-hmm. And like, I could just really talk forever. But yeah, it, it, check out this film. I'm, I'm hoping that you've seen it and I hope you enjoyed us talking about it. Yeah. For um, real. Like I said, I, I saw it a while ago, but I honestly did not appreciate it like I did when I watched it for this uh, mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, this yeah. was just a blast of a movie. And it's fun going into the Halloween season um, with something that's, you know, not so overtly spooky. But, it, yeah, it just kind of reminds me of, I don't know, all the sort of fun and games and joy mm-hmm. and craziness that you had with the holiday as, as a kid and seeing like costumes and, and everything like really well-made costumes that make you as a little kid say i want to dress up like that you know yeah mm-hmm. totally but yeah that's that's super inframan from 1975 and it's amazing and you should watch it 
So if you like this episode, then be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes 3 Podcasts on all three of them. Um, you could leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever. Thank you so much to the probably Tokusatsu subreddit. I'll probably put it on both, that and the Kunkusum subreddit. It kind yeah, of fits it should, both. Yeah, it should go. Um, thank you so much to those subreddits if you're checking us out from there. And next week is kind of an interesting one. It'll be a, a little different to continue our Halloween look. So, uh, Carlos, do you want to take that? Yeah, of course. So, <laughs> I know Marty said that this was cool because it's not that scary, but it's for Halloween. So, <laughs> now now we're so going to be... next week... <laughs> Looking at something that is really scary. (laughs) Um, We are going to be covering a Japanese horror film kind of from like the big J-horror boom in the Mm -hmm. early 2000s. And uh, this film is called Zhuan, The Grudge. It's directed by Takashi Shimizu. And it came out in 2002. And that this movie scared the pants out of me. (laughs) 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 We're not going to see any fighting. This is like straight up. Mm -hmm. uh it's a scary movie guys and um yeah but i i think it's it's really good and it's definitely worth watching and i think that we'll have a lot of interesting things to say about it definitely (laughs) i'm definitely looking forward to it because i haven't watched any i've never even seen the american grudge so oh i'm definitely looking forward to watching that if if i remember right uh takashi shimizu did direct the american adaption oh very cool as well yeah oh awesome Well, until next week, where we're checking out Juwan the Grudge, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.